Welcome back to The Truth You Can't Handle. Today we'll be talking about the emotions men should be able to express without feeling weak about it. Did you know that males die by suicide three to four times more often than females do? Why is that? Men don't really open up or share their emotions as often as females do. Men don't trust easily. When have you seen one of your guy friends break down in front of you? Or when have you seen them actually cry or express their negative emotions? You most likely have not because they won't show a sign of weakness. Society has really suppressed the emotions of men. When a guy cries, it's seen as a sign of weakness, but why? Why isn't he allowed to feel the same emotions as a female would? Why is it okay for a girl to cry but not for a guy? Today I will be interviewing one of my very close friends. His name is Vlad, and we'll be seeing how he deals with his emotions and how, you know, he goes about it. This is my friend Vlad. Hello. You wanna introduce yourself? Oh yes, I have so much to share. Let's see. Well, I am 22 years old. Um, I uh, am in my last bit of college. And uh, I don't know, I kind of see myself as just a normal, fun-loving person with lots of friends and genuinely really just a happy person. I have a close relationship with my family and love to hang out and do fun stuff. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much a little bit what there is to know about me. Perfect. Yeah. Vlad is one of my friends I met from Starbucks. And one that I consider and want to have later on in my future. There we go. I love it. All right. So let's start off with the first question. When was the last time you cried, or how often do you cry? Yeah, this question is interesting because I feel like my answer isn't exactly indicative of what a lot of guys experience, but I feel like maybe it will be because I uh, haven't probably cried since I was 14. 14? 14, 15, somewhere around there. No, not 15. Maybe 13 even. It's been a while, Um, and I'm 22 now. Just yeah, it has um, been a while. It's been almost ten years. I guess more like eight years. Um, but granted, I don't really like get super emotional with things like that. Um, sometimes I'll be like, um, movies don't really impact me emotionally at all. I could watch a very touching movie and not really feel too much. Um, but music and books really have like an emotional effect on me. So sometimes I'll uh, read or listen to something that really like personally affects me, and then I'll have some sort of emotional reaction, but I'll never cry. It's never really been that strong of an emotional reaction. And I would say right when I was 14, I was going through a lot, and there were a lot of things going on. But I remember that, and I guess we can probably even touch into this maybe a little bit later, maybe not, but I remember a couple of years ago when I was going through like a big period of depression, I still would never cry. And I was never able to let it out. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's been a while been a long time was it just something you just couldn't let it out or was it more like you know one of those i don't know if you've experienced this but one of those feelings where you want to cry and your heart feels heavy but you can't really bring those tears out or did you just like not feel anything there's been times for both for sure for both. but okay. i would say it's mostly um that it doesn't really like impact me emotionally at all like right. um like for example like a really stressful day or um, just a lot of things going on, and and the thing is, when I go through something that like requires a lot of, like a lot of stress and a lot of focus and a lot of things going on, 
a lot of people's reaction would just be breakdown, but my reaction would just be to just shut down. Shut down. And um, that, even that entire idea of in my worst moments emotionally, telling someone else about it, that's the most foreign thing to me. I would never do that. And uh, that reaction is just so um, counterintuitive for me. For me, if I have a really big emotional breakdown in my head, I'll never tell people about it. I'll just internalize it. Do you write it down in the book or something? Yeah, definitely keep a journal. Um, and the journaling happens. I don't journal regularly like some people, but I know that for me personally, when I go through my worst moments, the journal definitely comes out and I definitely write a lot and a lot. Um, I also love to write songs when I'm depressed. I haven't written really any in a while because it's, I'm thankful it's been a while since I've been depressed, probably a couple years. But I remember during that moment, I was just like so lost in my head that there was just so many different things. Um, right. Um, yeah, I feel like, you know, do you think society plays a role in why you can't express yourself? Or is it more like, you know, maybe you went so through something in your childhood and you just, that, you know, blocked off any like emotion for you or any sense for you to come out and like talk about it? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think our past plays a huge role into shaping us as humans and what we go through really kind of affects us in so many different ways. But I feel like society does really play a role because um, as a guy, I've um, kind of grown up with this whole idea of like, you're there to support others who can't support themselves right. and to protect. And I, don't think, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I feel like with that, there comes this idea of um, no one can see you being weak yeah. Because you have to be there for everyone else. And yeah. as a guy, I know that in society, I definitely feel this pressure to, and like, don't get me wrong, girls have, in my opinion, way more pressure on them than guys do um, in society, but in different areas. But I feel like in the terms of emotional weakness, guys like have this pressure to always be strong and always be there for others. And it's good to do that, but it's also good to realize that there's moments when we're weak and we should be okay with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think society just doesn't want, you know, you guys to show a sign of weakness. Because, you know, you guys are supposed to hold it down. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys are supposed to be strong and, you know, be there for everybody else before you're there for yourself. Exactly. Um, my dad, for example, I haven't seen him cry in a while. The last time I saw him cry was... He was having memories of his mother, and you know my grandma passed away a while ago, so like those memories made him tear up. But other than that, I've never seen him cry. Yeah. And I know he doesn't even talk to my mom about anything or even write it down. You know, he just bottles it up, and like sometimes he releases it in forms of anger. You know, something will like frustrate him or take him off, and it'll come out in anger, and it's like not something that's okay, but it's also like not his fault because he doesn't have an outlet. He doesn't have an outlet where he can, like, you know, just tell people, like, what's going on? I need help in this and that. All right. So how close are you with your family? I'm very close to my family. So uh, we, uh, it, it's interesting because, um, so basically I was adopted when I was six years old and uh, from a very horrible situation. And obviously there's been a lot of ups and downs in terms of dealing with my past and all that. But I feel like um, I've really come to the point where my family has stood with me through the worst moments 
definitely during the times when there wasn't really anyone else to be there for me. So with that, our bond really just kind of grew closer. And while we do have our differences, I feel like our similarities, our similarities really unite us and really um, draw us closer. So I'm very close with my mom and dad for sure, with my brother, and we're all very tight-knit and we really support each other. Love to hear that. Have you ever once like told your brother or maybe your mom or dad how you're feeling? That's, that's hard. Um, I, uh, while I love my family and, um, and they're amazing and uh, they're super supportive, it takes a lot to be able to tell them. I have to be kind of at a breaking point, um, okay. at a point where I feel stuck and don't really know what to do and then I'll reach out to them. Um, I'll share what I'm feeling with my friends long before I'll share it with mm -hmm. my family. Okay. Um, and so sometimes I feel like, as much as I know that they love me, sometimes I feel like they don't quite understand my thought process. Right. And I feel like they won't relate as much as my friends do. Yeah. But I really, um, I definitely do share with them from time to time, but it isn't as common as I probably wanted to. Right. No, that's understandable. How did your childhood impact you? That's a really good question. Um, there's so many ways in which it impacted me. I feel like the main mindsets that I kind of have today were shaped from my childhood because there were, there were so many different things that I went through um, in terms of um, so many different hardships that I went through that it made me realize that I can either once I'm at this point, I'm at this low point, I can either just give up and, right. or just like live a mediocre life and just settle for things. Or I can decide to actually go ahead and, and do other things. And so for me, that whole mindset of constantly reaching for bigger things and realizing that there's more and not being stuck, that totally comes from my childhood. And I feel like all the good memories, um, I'm the type of person where I, uh, I forget bad stuff easily um, okay. any if if someone says something that is mean to me if someone's rude to me if someone um, talks about me behind my back I forget that stuff really really easily but I remember all the good things that people say I hold on to those for years I think that's something really good to have is you know try to forget the bad things and just embrace the good things because you know it's like living in the moment kind of thing yeah I know I struggle with leaving the bad things in the past. Like, I've been through yeah. a lot myself, and there's just things that I just can't forget, but I'll forgive. Yeah. But being able to, like, get past those bad moments and just take a time to appreciate those good times is, you know, something that's a very valuable skill to have. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. So what makes you feel loved, appreciated, respected? Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of things, but um, if you're familiar with um, uh, the five love languages, yeah, um, that's really cool. I, I find those very interesting. Um, and uh, for me, number one is the words of affirmation. So if someone says something to me um, that really affirms me and who I am, I might not necessarily communicate it to them right away, but that means the world to me. And if someone says, that, um, and in this, I want to make a distinction. If someone says that I'm doing a good job, and if someone says that I'm doing this right, that has literally zero effect on me. Um, 
but because I'm like, they're saying that to be nice, and they're right. saying that because they want to make me feel better. Mm-hmm. But if they say something about me as a person, and that's connected to who I am and my identity, and I feel like I'm pretty good at noting when people are really genuine when they say that, and then when they're saying it just to say it. Right. But when people say it and they're genuine, that literally means everything to me. And then my number two love language is um, quality time. And oh, so okay. um, that's just something that if someone is willing to spend time with me, that makes me feel loved more than most things. Um, and uh, I feel like it, because it, time is one of those things that is so valuable to us. Yes. And me personally, I know that I tend to choose who I spend time with because I'm very careful, I don't wanna waste my time. And so if you're willing to spend an hour or two or even half an hour or whatever amount of time it is with me, and we're not necessarily trying to get anything done, we're just hanging out, that's the greatest feeling in the world. Yeah, I very, I like, time is very underappreciated. Oh yeah. Um, many people take it for granted, you know. Um, you know, it should be, it should not be taken for granted, you know, you should like, Think about living in the moment because you never know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. Like, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So it's like, appreciate the time you have with who you're having it with and, like, make it the best moment ever. Yeah, for sure. All right. What's one thing I don't know about you? What's one thing that you don't know about me? Ooh. Interesting. Um, I mean, I know a lot already, but, like, yeah, you know. There's a bunch of things. Um. I was thinking of something earlier, but there was this one thing that just came to my mind, and um, one of my biggest fears, um, that I don't know if you know this, but I'm very afraid of the ocean. What? Yeah. So it's not, I mean, I, I other. I have other fears. One of, my, one of my fears that I'm sure you know very well is my fear of um, blood or blood, anything yeah. gory or anything like that. I, it makes me anxious and... Um, I have to drink water and sit down. Yeah, um, we know. We but, know. yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough one. That's probably my biggest fear. I don't even know if I'd call it fear. It's just something that just, like, affects me in a horrible way. But um, I'm afraid of the ocean. I'm trying to get over that fear. Um, try to do stuff in water, but it's, it's scary. And um, when I was a kid, I almost drowned. Oh, okay. Um, and since then, I've had this fear. Um, is it just like the ocean or is it like in a pool or a river? I'm okay like... in the pool. A river? If I'm in a current, <laughs> See, in the pool, there's no threat of drowning unless right. you suck. So, like, <laughs> but like, if you're in a strong current or you're in the ocean, that is, yeah, it's really terrifying. Do for you know me. how to swim? I know how to swim, yes. Okay, that's a plus, because I don't know how to swim. Okay. Like, I'm screwed in a pool and a lake and a river and an ocean, which is not going to happen. Yeah. No, I know how to swim. I wouldn't say I'm a super strong swimmer, and but. I do not like swimming either. I was in the swim team when I was a kid. Oh, and it was, fancy. It was the worst thing ever. I hated it. And I begged my mom to, to take, you out. take me out of it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, afraid of the ocean. One thing you definitely do know about me, afraid of anything gory. Yeah. That's a. That's that oh, one's sweet. We know. I'm not just even thinking about it. <laughs> okay. Um. What's the most traumatic thing you've been through? The most traumatic thing I've been through. This interview. I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> it's um, to get you to open up. <laughs> exactly. I've been through a lot, you know. Um. 
I uh, I don't know if I can pinpoint it on one thing. Right, right. I but, um, but I would say, when, when I was a kid, I went through a lot. And um, I would say more than the more than the abuse, the abandonment is actually the number one thing that um, that hurts me the most because the idea that so when I was a kid, I was around four when this happened, but I was around four when the police had to remove my brother and I from our home, um, and uh, and the thing is, at that point, um, I was uh, I I was young. I was four years old. I had no idea what was going on, and the fact that. After we were four, um, our biological parents made literally zero effort to get us back. They were like, fine. And they were totally okay with us just being on our own. They didn't know if we were alive or dead or whatever. Right. At, as toddlers, I just like, I find a hard time comprehending that people can actually think that. Right. Um, and through like a decade of counseling and lots of, um, lots of practice, really kind of digging out of those emotions and getting to the root of it. I feel like I've gotten a bunch of healing from it, but it still is like, it still hurts a little looking back because I'm like, here's two people that brought me into the world right. that don't like care at right. all. So probably one of the most traumatic things I've been through. Um, but you know what? Like I see the, the good in all of it. Mm-hmm. And because of that, because I was taken away from their home, I was able to be put into an orphanage and then I was able to be flown over to America, and I was able to meet the people who are my parents now. So it all worked out. But like back then, oh yeah, okay. talk about traumatic. Do you think that's caused any abandonment issues or attachment issues with you know people who've been in your life? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and those are issues that I would say that I still um, uh, still kind of struggle with in certain ways. I feel like I've gotten a lot better with that. I remember there were times when I was growing up and my mom, who's um, a tech executive, so she has a bunch of meetings all around the world. And so, and since our dad works full time, she would basically leave us with babysitters or leave us with neighbors to help us. And then they would be leaving all the time and they would be like, hey, we'll, we'll see you. And like, my mom would have like these five day business meetings Monday through Friday. And she'd be like, I'll see you on the weekend. Right. And then I'll be like, why are you leaving? Wait, yeah. And so it was really hard to um, have that. And then over time, I had to get to a point where I realized that, like, that was my past reality, mm-hmm. but that's not the reality I live in now. And I have to realize that, you know, I had to convince myself, basically, yeah. that I don't live in that reality anymore and that I can move on. But I would say trust issues is, is tough, you know, yes, um, yeah. especially when you get rejected um, by oh, people yeah. um, that in like in this new reality. Like I, I went through a period of time in college where all the people who I thought were my best friends basically um, didn't really want anything to do with me. And that was this huge rejection. I felt like it was intensified even more because I still had a bunch of those abandonment issues. Yeah. And I would cling to those friendships because I wanted to feel validated. And then when they didn't want to cling to me back, then I felt empty. Right. And so it's definitely caused a lot of issues going forward, but the issues are all solvable. It's all, it, it, it all can work out, but it's definitely good to be aware that that definitely causes a lot of things that do happen now. Yeah, and, you know, do you think it's made you stronger? Or do you, like, yeah, do you think it's made you stronger? Have you seen improvement in yourself? Oh, yeah, for sure. 
you saw me when I was twelve. Yeah, it was a it was not a it was not a fun time. I was um I was basically I wouldn't talk to anybody. I wouldn't even talk to my family, let alone strangers. I would never dare answer the phone. Um, even from relatives. Um, I was so shy. Think about like growing up the most socially awkward shy person that you've ever met. That was me growing up. I was literally I wouldn't talk to anybody and because I was not confident who I was. And then there were a lot of things that happened, working jobs, going to college, right. kind of forcing myself to get out of that shell. And then I started to meet friends. And uh, I always used to think that I was like a crutch for people. Mm-hmm. And that I was like, I hate to say this, but in the friend group, there's always like that one person, annoying person you have to drag on. Right. And I always felt like that was me. And, uh, and so for me, I began to realize that in college, people would go up to me and they would ask to hang out with me. Just me. It was, and it was like the craziest thing to me. And that helped gain my confidence. And um, I also started to get really good grades. And that also boosted my confidence. And over time, it got a lot better. But I remember that there were definitely um, a lot of moments, especially during my teen years. Like from when I was 12 to when I was 16, probably the four worst years of my life. And uh, because I was in that phase where I didn't have any friends. I, I, it was weird because like I hung out with people, but it was the worst thing. And I felt so alone. So since then, there's been a lot of growth. And I am a total believer in the fact that I can always improve yeah. and always get better. And so there's a lot of growth to do. Right. And I'm well aware of what I need to do in order to accomplish those goals. But at the same time, I'm super thankful for the progress that has already happened. Right. And I'm super thankful to have you as my friend. Like, Thanks. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's It's nice to hear how you've struggled a lot, but you've overcome and now you're just an amazing person. Thank you. Um, how often do you think about your past? How often do I think about the past? To be honest, not really that often. Um, I started thinking about it a lot more as I've started um, kind of jotting down a lot of things that have happened and writing a lot of it um, because I want to document it. But to be honest, I'm a very um, stay in the present, look towards the future type of person. Um, I don't really like to look at the past because I feel like the past is in the past and it's time to keep moving forward and keep seeking new opportunities and keep going forward. So right. I, for me personally, I don't think about it that much. Um, I don't deny its influence on me. And I used to be at a point where I would never mention it because I was afraid of it. But I feel like I'll go ahead and if someone wants to talk to me about my upbringing where I grew up, I will tell them I, I would love to share with them my story. But at the same time, I'm not always going to be like, oh, you know, because I suffered all these things when I was a kid. Therefore, I have to stay in this state forever, right. and and I'm doomed. I'm lost. I feel like that's a defeatist mentality, and I'll never do that because, in in my personal opinion, I feel like that's basically giving yourself an excuse to be complacent, which is something that I'm not about. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of boys, men, and guys, you know, like they rely too much on their past because they don't want to be like the person that hurt them, you know? Yeah. And, you know, in that way they don't really, they don't have room for improvement because they're so stuck on the past that it's affecting what they're doing in the present or what they'll do in the future. So it's nice to know that you don't think about the past often and, you know, you moved on and yeah. you've came to terms with it and here you are, you're doing better. Yeah. What's weird about that too is that, like, 
so many people are like, you know, I'll never be like my dad. I'll never be like my mom. Right. I'll, never, I'll never be like the people that hurt me. And then eventually wind up being just like them. And I think that's because they're so caught up on trying to be different from them. That yeah. they didn't realize that they're, they're doing the same things they would do. Yeah. Um, I've had many friends, you know, many of my guy friends who are like, I'm not going to be like my dad. I'm not going to get involved with drugs or gangs and this and that. And, you know, they're relying on that too much. And then, you know, I'll see them again after years. And then, you know, they're either dead out in the streets or in jail. And it's just like, it's sad to see that. Cause, you know, they were trying so hard. And I feel like that's another thing. Like, they probably didn't have anyone to really talk about it. And so, you know, it, they brought it all up and tried to, like, change and it just, you know, it took him down with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, what's, what is the number one proudest moment of your life? Number one proudest moment of my life. There's a lot of moments where I look back and be like, I accomplished this and I did this. And, um, and while those were all great, I would say that it's not really... Um, like the accomplishments are great. Um, I remember when I was a kid, I was um, in a memory competition, um, and there were about 15, 16,000 contestants in my age bracket, um, and I placed seventh in the nation. And I remember looking back on that and be like, wow, I accomplished this huge thing. Right. I have a better memory than all these kids. But looking back, I don't even think of that. Like That was, that was a cool accomplishment, and I put a ton of hours into that. But um, but I feel like the proudest moments for me are the moments where um, I realize that um, my friends and family mean so much to me. And so the moments when, um, when, I, when I just look back and realize that, man, I have an amazing group of friends. I have an amazing family. Um, I know that like a few milestones, I kind of just kind of take a look back and realize, like I remember this last semester, um, uh, unfortunately, due to the coronavirus pandemic, we had to leave school early. But I remember saying goodbye to all my friends. And I remember in my head just thinking, you know, it's kind of sad that I have to leave early. But looking back just a year earlier, I couldn't wait to leave school because I felt like I had no one there. Right. And then a year later, I had an amazing group of close friends that I knew had my back. And I was super close with them. I remember that feeling being like, wow this is amazing. Or a feeling like when I was at a family reunion last year, and be like, wow, looking back, looking around to the 150 people there, um, I have a pretty big family, and being like, wow, this is so cool. Like, all these people are related to me, and they're all amazing, and I'm super blessed to have that. Mm -hmm. So for me, those are the things that really matter. Accomplishments are great, and I, I have a goal to keep accomplishing things, but for me, those proudest moments are the moments where I realize, like, those people in my life, like, um, and I'm always going to have them. Right. There might come a day when I don't have the ability to do all these certain accomplishments, but I'll always have those people. So that's what really means the most to me. Yeah, I understand that. I know we've touched this, but besides you writing down your emotions, what is another way you express yourself? Yeah, I definitely uh, write down my emotions for sure. I also love to go on long walks. Oh, those are so therapeutic. They're amazing. So I put in my AirPods and just go for a walk 
um, uh, around this loop in my neighborhood, which is around four miles or so. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it really is therapeutic. I love to go at when it's pitch black and there's no one there and it's just me and my music. And what's weird is that like, it's not just negative emotions either. Like I love to share, uh, I love to like um, go back and uh, go through the hard emotions, but I also, when I'm feeling really pumped and when I'm feeling um, really excited about something, I'll sometimes go on long walks in a sort of celebratory way too, right. to kind of get my mind in the right place and be in that mindset. Um, so it really is a combination. Um, I love to, um, yeah, I love to go on long walks, love to write stuff down, but I also do love to talk to other people about it. Um, and uh, I'm starting get, to get to a point where it's less filtered. Um, right. One thing that is just very true about me is, um, you know how some people have zero filter? Yeah. I would say I have an extremely strong so filter much. on everything I say. Um, and it, it might sound weird to say this, but pretty much everything I say, I would say 90% of everything I say is already pre-calculated, pre-thought in my head. Like, I, I, I sometimes say things for a reaction because I imagine the reaction right. that people are going to have when I say something. And when they don't, then it's kind of awkward. <laughs> but, like, I definitely, like, um, definitely think a lot about that. And I'm trying to lessen the filter when I talk with my friends because right. I want to let my emotions just be there. But I know that I definitely love to um, really, but when I'm having a hard day, um, I'll often, this is what will happen for me a lot of times. I'll have a really hard day with something and then I'll go to like Starbucks and hang with you guys and then I'll be like, um, I'll be like, you know what guys, today sucked, but you know what, I'm excited because of this, this, and this, and this. And I want to get to a point where I'll be like, you know what guys, today sucked. Right. And that's that. And that's that. And I, I've never really been able to get to that because I, uh, I feel like it's part of my duty to always see the positive. Right. And I am definitely a diehard optimist. And I think that has really helped me really stay sane through all of the things I've been through. But at the same time, it's good to just be real too. Yeah. Real with emotions. Be raw. And raw is not really something I do. So I'm trying to improve in that area. But yeah, those are probably the main ways that I deal with the emotions. Interesting. I've had, I'm always, to all my guy friends, I always open up my doors. Like, I don't care. It could be four in the morning. You need a bed, call me. Like, I don't care if, like, I have work at six, call me. I'll, I'll pick up and, you know, we can talk about it. We can cry about it. Um, I've had a few of my guy friends, you know, will just be sitting in the car and, you know, be dead silence. And then he'll be like, hey, like, can we talk about this? And I'm like, go ahead. Like, let me know. And I just let him express himself because I know he has no other way to let that out. And I just think it's important that for both genders to just feel everything. Don't yeah. try to not feel sad or not feel happy. Like, feel everything. Like, mm -hmm. that's why you have feelings. It's exactly. to feel everything and take it all in and just let it, let it be you know, in order for you to improve and, you know, move on. Um, do you have any advice for, you know, any guys that listen to this, you know? What would you say or what would you want them to know about them being able to express themselves? Yeah, I would say 
don't really feel constrained by what society tells you because society tells us a lot of things that aren't true right. and a lot of things that we probably shouldn't do. Um, but I feel like the main thing is to just be yourself. You know, if you're feeling a certain way, don't be afraid to express it. And really surround yourself with a group of people that have your back, yes. people that support you, people that you can go ahead and, and cry to and, and laugh with anything in between because I feel like once you have a solid group of people then it doesn't really matter what you go through because they're always going to go through it with you you. and so I really like I'm at this point where I'm not just not really I feel like I could cry in the future at some point I'm that's not really um like my style of doing things um but it could happen in the future and I feel like if I do then I'll have people that will support me through it um but I feel like the main thing is really just having those people there yeah. um, that are with you through everything. And I totally agree with that. Here's the one thing that's like not really out there. Females love it when guys express themselves and we get to know you on a deeper level. Whether it's yeah. your friend, your girlfriend, you know, or just someone you're talking to. Females, we want to know what you've been through. And it's not like for us to like, you know, take on you or anything like that is for us to legit want to get to know you and you know see where you've come from and see how we can help you improve and I don't think many guys know that I think so as society has been doing it's just you know you just keep close to yourself and you don't let it out like I think and I think this is very important guys to talk about their their emotions it's just um, statistically proven that women open up more than guys do and hence that's why you know the suicide rates in men are higher than females because guys don't open up and won't open up like you guys have this barrier that society made for you guys and it takes so long and so hard for someone to break it down and like you know be there for you yeah it's it's really sad to be honest um the suicide rates um the, the statistics, it really all just kind of begs the question, like, what, what's going to change, you know? Like, right. we, there, there needs to be something that changes because we can't just, like, look at the suicide rates of guys and be like, oh, this is just the way it has to be. Right, like, and it needs to be changed, like, you know, we should offer more, you know? Like, yeah. society needs to, you know turn that around and be like, hey, it's okay for guys to have emotions. Like, they should not, it should not be suppressed. Um, That's one thing that makes me really angry is when guys are like, well, I can't cry in front of you because it shows that I'm weak. Like, I could care less if you're weak. Like, I want you to cry to me. I want you to show me your emotions because I don't see that often. All I see is these emotions you're portraying on yourself to, to to show society how strong you are. When I know you want to cry, and you know you want someone to be there for you. Yeah, it, it it's it's good. It's um, I feel like we don't have control over the media that portrays things. Yeah. But we do have a control over um, how we interpret it. Yeah. And so I feel like we could all just realize, first of all, realize what the issue is, not just be sucked into it, and realize that there's something going on here that is detrimental to our mental health, really. Yeah. And then being able to um, figure out different ways um, of actually doing something about it. And I agree.
my advice to everyone out there, whether you're, especially to males, but if you're also a female who struggles to express yourself, is find out one person that will that won't care and you know is okay to like hear you out. That's my advice to you guys. It's just find that one person. It could even be me. You know, you guys, you guys have my social medias and stuff. I'm down to listen to whatever is going on, even if I don't know you. I I want to change that in society. Even if it's just in my city or just in, you know, my group of friends. I want to be able to have these guys come to me or go to someone and express how they feel instead of keeping it all bottled in and, you know, have them commit suicide or, you know, express it in different ways that, you know, don't make it okay. Yeah. Mm. Totally agree. But, yeah, I think that's it. Thank you so much, Juan. Yeah, I appreciate you. it. Of course. Okay, and I'll see you guys next time.